0: Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Level Playing Field podcast with me, Emily Bow. The idea for this podcast came to me in the depths of lockdown, Um, but really, before I even knew what this podcast was going to be and look like, I decided to post on a few public Facebook groups I'm on, asking if there are any young women out there prepared to talk to me about their journeys with sport. They could be elite athletes, newcomers to the world of sport, or just about anything, really. And uh, much to my own surprise, I had over 150 responses. So the young women I speak to on this series were all strangers to me before. But I guess the point of this podcast is to show that every woman, regardless of background, sexuality, race or anything, has some kind of journey with sport. Plus, I learned so much about new sports or changed my perception of others. Um, I've even been persuaded to go caving in Wales. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this series as much as I've enjoyed making it. My guest today is Mari McLaughlin, who by day is a psychology student at Edinburgh Uni and by sport is a fencer. Great Britain. Now I've always been fascinated by fencing and I guess its cultural significance and its history um, and every time the Olympics comes around fencing's always one of those sports that I get massively into even when I don't really know what's going on but it goes without saying that the sport of fencing is so much more than just what we see every four years. So I've got Mari on today to tell me a bit more about that. So welcome Mari, thank you so much for being on with me today. How are you? How is, well, I suppose you're not in lockdown because you're in Edinburgh, but how's (laughs) the last few months been?
1: Yeah, um, well, thanks for having me. Um, It's definitely been weird. Um, I went from back in, you know, January, February training about six times a week to, you know, being confined to my room. It's obviously, it's a bit better now. I'm allowed to go out. I can study out, but yeah, still no fencing at the moment. So yeah, it's odd. (laughs)
0: Yeah, have you managed to squeeze in any fencing at all?
1: So we were not allowed to fence all over lockdown and then when things were eased a bit, I managed to do some fencing outside for about mm-hmm. maybe a month and a half. Yeah. And then restrictions got put back up and there's been no fencing since. So oh I had a little taste of it, but... Yeah, that's almost
0: worse, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I got my, got my hopes up and then
0: yeah, all just got taken away again. So we'll get right into it. Um, what what was your experience with sport growing up at school um, outside of fencing? Um, I was always
1: a very sort of sporty active kid you know I always loved playing out in the street. I was always like you know one of the fast ones in class and I did like loads of different things and like dancing and I did loads of sports in school but I just never really had anything that Quite stuck with me until I tried fencing yeah
0: yeah so when did you start fencing and how did you get into that
1: um so I started when I was about 10 years old and a coach came to my primary school and did a taster session um and I, you know I really liked it I was just sort of like hooked yeah <laughs> straight away. Um, and started I just started off fencing like once a week with him, him at another primary school and then it just sort of kept on going I joined the club and then it just like sort of took off from there
0: yeah so I mean I guess it's not hope it's not an insulting thing to say but when I think of fencing I think of it as being a very sort of middle to upper class sport old Britain you know see it in the movies see it in the sort of Jane Austen novels that kind of thing I'm sure that that's not the whole truth so how is it an accessible sport and how do you sort of how are you looking to sort of break that stereotype of it being that
1: yeah I think it definitely can be an accessible sport like um it was so accessible for me when I started off um I actually so I started when I was 10 I never bought a full set of my own kit till I was 15 when I actually got selected for the first time to go to the junior commonwealth with Scotland right so I was able to last like five years with about like for three or four years of like competing and stuff just by you know borrowing kit by a club and all that and then there is quite a good sort of um set up there as long as you know you've got like a good club to go to where everybody will like help you out and there shouldn't be barriers right at the start at least that's not what I've experienced
0: yeah I mean I think that's great and I think it's I think it's really important that um it's emphasized that it can be a sport for all Yeah definitely I think that's something I'm really
1: sort of passionate about because I know for me you know I went to I'm from a state school and I got the opportunity to try it and that sort of like fencing has impacted my life so much Mm -hmm. but I'm very aware that like there was one taster session at my primary and I think that's the only sort of sense of fencing my primary school ever got Um, and I know that many especially state schools throughout just Scotland and all of Britain most kids will have no idea that fencing is a thing, and it yeah. does always it does always make me sad there could be another little girl or boy just like me with just as
0: much sort of like potential, but they never really get to access it. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I mean, when you first started it, did you have friends and family being like, "Oh, why, why fencing? Is that not a bit of a sort of bizarre choice?" Have you ever had to? continually say to people no it's a normal sport it's a great sport and you know I want to do it
1: yeah I think there's definitely you know the first time you ever say to somebody oh what sports you do and I say fence and you always get a few weird looks and a few people I think a lot of people don't even really realize that it's anything more than just sort of being in movies that there's actually a whole sort of um, sport there and I think it definitely it definitely took a while but now you know all my friends and family and anybody that knows me they'll know I'm a fencer and it's sort of just like it's like a part of me now but it's definitely definitely weird when you're starting out
0: yeah especially when it's a sport that your friends aren't doing around you and maybe don't understand your training schedule or you know when you've had a a game at the weekend you can't talk to them about it it's definitely a, a different experience doing a sport that you know your people around you don't do as well
1: yeah 100% it's it's tough because yeah even just sort of watching it like I remember I'd have friends who'd go oh I'd really love to you know come see you or watch some of your fights and you know I've showed them the first couple of minutes of a recording of one of my fights and they're like "Mm, it looks cool but they just have no concept obviously of what's going on
0: yeah yeah tell me actually a bit about what's going on um if you could sort of um for our listeners that maybe like me, watch it every four years and don't really know what's going on. Is there some kind of easy explanation, summary of what a, you said fight, is that right? What a fight looks like?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it is slightly, first of all, you actually have three weapons within fencing. So you have epi, saber and foil, and I do foil. Right. And the main thing that I think gets people is that you have this thing called right of way, which means both of you can hit at the same time, but only one person gets the point. Right. So it's all about who the person who has right of way is the person either is attacking or they have to like take the play. They have to make an action that sort of like gains the right of way that makes it their point before they hit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what would the sort of three top qualities be for a good fencer then? Is it sort of... Um, agility is it you sort of the mental side of it um I would say definitely
1: you need to have the mental side down if you're going to be a fencer it's often it's a very mental game as well as physical a lot of the time people refer to it as physical chess because although you have to be sort of very agile and fast and like quick reactions you also have to think through every movement because everything Thing is so small and technical and like every aspect of it is just this big like tactical game that you're yeah. maybe setting up your next move or your opponent's trying to set you up yeah and, yeah and as so an individual
0: sport it's all the attention's on you and there's no sort of room for error
1: yeah 100% like when you're on the piece even if you've got a coach at the side you've only got you've only got like a second after hit to walk back you've not got loads of time to even like really process it so you have to be able to like once you've been hit or once you get a hit to think about what happened and be able to come up with something new basically on the spot yeah
0: yeah absolutely and you spoke about um going to the junior commonwealth games can you tell me a bit more about the competitive side to it um what it's been like for you personally where what sort of your biggest achievement is and what you're aiming for um in the future
1: Yeah so um, I've been competing since probably I was about 12 or 13. I started doing the British circuit when I was 14 where you have a cadet level which is under 17 and a junior level which is under 20 and then a senior level. So I've just finished my last season as a junior under 20 um, and I've managed to I managed to get like select- go to all the British competitions, do well there, which meant I got selected for international competitions. And then, based on how well I did at the international competitions, it meant I got selected for both the European and the World Championships the past two years. Wow. Um, and that was always a. Uh, I started when I was like 14 doing the British circuit and got selected for a couple of internationals, but never quite made it to Euros or Worlds. So, that had been a goal of mine for quite a while. So it was um that was really amazing when I finally um got to
0: go. Yeah, for sure. And how did you how did you fare there?
1: Um, I'd done fairly well. I managed to come 21st at the European Championships. Um so I was really happy with that. Um, I'd done I got the best British result there, um, because you know it is sort of like the top of the top, and it was obviously like only my like first and second time so I was pretty happy um but sadly the world championships this year I was supposed to be traveling to Salt Lake City in April but obviously that didn't go ahead because of everything that's going on
0: so yeah well that would have been amazing though is that getting rescheduled for next year
1: um I think it's sadly cancelled now just because it's an age group competition
0: so by next year um I'm out of the age group right right and do you compete um for scotland or for gb um so mostly it's for great britain any
1: sort of international um competitions especially any when you go to seniors for like olympic qualifying events and stuff they're all gb and it's only the commonwealths and any competition sort of like within Britain that are like between Scotland England Wales etc that you fence for Scotland for
0: yeah yeah and what what's your goal then is the goal the Olympics
1: um my goal is definitely the Olympics it's a obviously a more long-term goal but um that is definitely what I want to do um I've had my eyes set on that for a while and yeah that is the dream <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that would be amazing you'd have someone like me watching you anyway every (laughs) (laughs) once in every four years sitting down (laughs) (laughs) so tell me is it quite an equal sport in terms of men and women is it a sport where men and women compete against each other even
1: um all competitions are um separate but it's definitely more equal than a lot of other sports as in I know for me Ever since I started, I've mainly been fencing, like training against guys, just because that was sort of who's at my club. And I think the good thing about fencing is it's not all about, you know, who's the biggest and the strongest and the fastest. It's actually about, you know, who's got the like skills down and who can, who's the most tactical and who can sort of think on the spot. So it is more equal, more of a level fl- playing field in the way that, you know, just because. I'm up against a six foot guy at training doesn't mean he's got anything on me at all. I'm just as confident going into that fight as I am going into somebody going in against somebody that looks exactly the same as me.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact you're right that it is the mental side is such a big part of it means that it can be sort of more of a, a level playing field. I like how you're dropping um yeah. <laughs> dropping the name of my my blog in there. Um so what would you what would you say to anyone? Of any age any background thinking of taking up fencing is it something you're passionate about sort of spreading the the message and the joy of fencing um a hundred percent
1: I always I would always sort of compare it to you know after you've read like you know when you've read a really good book or you've just seen a movie that's so amazing that you just want to go and tell everybody about it um that's how I feel with fencing and I would say to anybody out there just give it a try even if it's not quite your thing it's still not something you really get to try that often or come across and honestly I know in my experience it's given me so much that I don't think you'll regret it
0: yeah what how has fencing helped you we've talked a lot about the mental side do you think it's helped in other areas of your life um 100% I would say definitely when I started
1: fencing I was definitely quite like a shy sort of sort of kept things to myself and stuff and I think you know being able to be in sort of a support environment and also you know being good at something it's sort of got my confidence up a lot more it taught me a lot about sort of if you want something it's not really going to come easy and it taught me a lot about you know just hard work and you know keeping like committed and determined and I think that definitely helped me when it came to stuff like exams because I was always pretty much like okay, if I want to do well, I'm going to have to like absolutely sweat it to get there. And I always had the sort of motivation to do that because I was sort of used to um, doing that sort of thing within fencing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you were lucky to find fencing at such a young age, but a lot, I think, I've spoken about it on this podcast a lot, but I think a big problem with why lots of young women drop out of sport in their teenage years is... Perhaps because they consider themselves, they resign themselves to being non sporty because they're not good at hockey or netball or running or whatever, one of, one of those mainstream sort of school sports might be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's brilliant that you found fencing so young. But do you, did you ever have kind of doubts that you were doing um, a sport that wasn't that mainstream? And do you wish your sort of younger self had been more confident in knowing that you were doing a great sport? I mean, I think I I
1: knew from when I first started fencing that um, I loved it. Um, I definitely get the whole thing about, I knew I danced for eight years or something and I always loved dancing, but I was just never any good. And I think that always sort of let me down a bit because I knew I loved it so much, but I knew it was never going to be anything more than just a hobby and something that I sort of enjoyed doing um, and I think that obviously yeah I think that would probably happen to a lot of people that they'll try they'll sort of get a pigeonholed into you know just doing netball when they're younger and if they can't do that then they'll think oh sport just
0: must not be for me
1: when that's not really the case.
0: Yeah um, and do you think is it a sport which um, can be done at any age like we've spoken a lot about getting young women into the sport but I would imagine it's a kind of sport that you can carry on for longer than um sports like hockey rugby etc oh
1: 100 there is I've seen plenty of stories they have a um a whole age group for anybody 40 plus and I've seen stories of a British woman who actually started fencing when she was 80 wow and started um winning medals within like this um within her age group and you know I remember going to competitions when I was little and there was this one older man who'd been fencing for, like, ages. And I think he was quite old and a bit frail. So he couldn't really... He wasn't really fit to, like, move around and stuff. But you could... He would just stand on the piece and sort of just, like, move his blade in the most beautiful way. And he would always take apart these little, like, young things that were just running up and down this piece just because he'd obviously just mastered the sport for the past like 50 years that's so amazing think, yeah yeah I think it's definitely something you can do at any age um, in any form
0: I mean I know I want to keep it up for it as long as possible yeah do you think it's accessible all around the country are there a lot of fencing clubs is it something that if someone listening to this decided to do do you think it would be something they could easily find in their local area
1: um I think you should definitely try I know there'll probably be some more I guess rural areas that um, won't have as much but I think people will be surprised with the amount of fencing clubs that are out there especially if you're in a city you're bound to have at least a couple of fencing clubs near you Um, and even even if you're not you might still be in with the shot of having one
0: yeah yeah and sort of final question then how would you sell fencing in sort of one phrase to someone who knows nothing about it?
1: Oh, gosh, I, I do definitely like the phrase physical chess, because it just shows that it's, it's so much more than just, you know, a sport where you're running about. It's like a full package of sort of everything you can want. It works your brain, it works your feet, it works <laughs> every part of you and it's fun at the same time
0: yeah yeah absolutely I mean I'm I say this on every podcast I'm on but I'm like oh I'm gonna get on YouTube and watch some um clips of it and that kind of thing now (laughs) but thank you so much for speaking to me and you speak so passionately about what you're doing which is amazing and I wish you all the best for the future and with your Olympic dream maybe what would it be 2025 maybe now wouldn't it um but I wish you all the best and thanks so much for talking to me about the wonderful sport that is fencing oh no problem thank you for having me That was brilliant. I love talking to Mari about all things fencing. I think it's so cool to speak to someone who is so passionate about their sport and getting other people into their sport. Um, She seems like she's always had a really strong conviction about that, which is so impressive. Um, And I wish her all the best in her future endeavours, especially her Olympic dream. Um, So if you're inspired by Mari and her fencing, then there are loads of ways to get involved. Head over to the British Fencing Club finder page to start with, and all that you need will be there. Um, This has been the Level Playing Field podcast. You can check out our website or follow the platform on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. But for now, tune in to next week for another story of an everyday woman in sport.